joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. It is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And as you know, the show is growing by leaps and bounds. And so I'm so happy that if you're listening and you're connected to us right now, thank you so much for tuning in. We're being heard uh, throughout the world now, and particularly lots of expansion uh, since we have been brought on the platform of iHeartMedia. So thanks to iHeartMedia for selecting us to be on their platform. Now, as you know, the show is broken up into what I like to say bits and pieces of my pillars that I focus on with uh, myself and my clients, um, wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And the show is all about helping you to reduce or eliminate stress as you build and sustain wellness, wisdom, and wealth um, so that you can actually live the lifestyle of your dreams, which I like to call blissful living and you can transition into that with ease and success from the nuggets of gold that the guests that appear on the show share with you um, to be able to do this. So first of all, I want to thank one of our sponsors. I want to thank the Health Healing and Wellness Company, which is now known as Blissful Living for You. It's a uh, holistic company, and again, their focus is on wellness, wisdom, and wealth. They have an abundance of information, products, services to help you uh, improve your health and well-being, which uh, we believe is the greatest wealth asset that we have, as well as get your mindset right so you can achieve success with ease and without a lot of hard work in the areas that you are focused on, and to make sure that your money, your wealth component is right so that you can basically finance the lifestyle of your dreams without worrying about spending up your money before you make it or spending up the cash that you have and depleting your funds that are in reserve. So I want to thank Health, Healing, and Wellness, now known as Blissful Living for You, as uh, being a sponsor for us. And then the other company I want to recognize as a sponsor is All Day Cable Incorporated, and they are a telecommunications installation company located in the heart of Silicon Valley, been in business for almost 30 years, providing wonderful, absolutely outstanding network connection services for their very large and high-end clients in financial institutions and transportation. So if you are someone or you know someone that's in need of telecommunications distribution, having their network set up, wireless systems installed, or anything that has to do with how we do business today, which is technology-wise, telecom-wise, phone, computers, voice, cable, wireless, then you want to connect with All Day Cable at alldaycableinc.com. And um, there's going to be, you'll notice a few changes as we progress with the show, as the show is growing. We're going to be having uh, several more sponsors joining us, all fitting in the categories of wellness, wisdom, and wealth. So I'm so happy to be able to announce that to you right here today. 
on Blissful Living. So, again, thank you very much for joining us, and you are in for a really good show. This show fits into the components of what I like to say is our wisdom component. When our mind is right, when we have the information to make sure that we are always in perfect balance and harmony in our mind and in our spirit, we actually become unstoppable when we have wealth and wellness in combination with that. And so my guest today is this wonderful gal that I met, and she's going to help us to understand how to improve our interpersonal communication so that we get the right message across um, and that we articulate exactly in a manner that is receptive to those that we are speaking to. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest um, her name is Marcia Carter, and she spent more than 30 years working in the healthcare industry in both Europe and the United States. And in late 2017, a, um, a set of unforeseen circumstances led her to take a leap of faith and step into the world of entrepreneurship. Her passion for empowering individuals to not only reach but exceed their goals and the goals that they set for themselves had led her to become a certified communications development coach and a transformational speaker. Now, she specializes in training frontline managers and staff, which is great. She has worked with healthcare organizations in Florida uh, to help their staff improve how they connect with the themselves, each other, and their customers and patients. She believes the secret to True joy is the ability to empower oneself, empower one's tribe, and empower one's community. Now, she wrote best-selling book is not just what you say, keys to improving interpersonal communication to help improve individuals and teams as they work to improve their relationships. She is dedicated to helping women through her company, Carter Connection, which we'll find out more about later. And, um, she founded a group in Central Florida called Women Helping to Empower Women, where women come together in a safe, non-judgmental environment to uplift and empower each other in all areas of their lives. So I want to welcome you, Marcia, to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy Thank to have you. you. Thank you so much, Rochelle, and I'm so pleased to be here with you, my queen of all feeling fabulous. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure. When I met you and we talked, I just had to, I was like, this is something we need. Everybody needs to know how to communicate and utilize their communication in empowering ways. And I know, girl, that I have been guilty of not always communicating in a way, a manner that um, empowers those that I'm speaking to or communicating with. And particularly, I can remember situations when I first started my business way back in, you know, 1989, um, how, granted, I was young, but the communication Mm -hmm. that I um, gave my employees or, or talked to my employees was not always 
you know, the right communicative processes. But me being a female and all my staff was male, um, I think they kind of understood. And a lot of times they probably thought I was just hormonal with the way I was communicating <laughs> to them. But they knew they knew the message I was coming across, and they made sure not to make those mistakes again or to make sure that what I was asking to be done got done in the manner that I wanted it done. So it was, it was pretty interesting. But now I look back now, I was like, whoo. That little girl needed some help with her communication skills. So I want to jack in because I know that, um, first of all, if you are out there listening, pull up a chair, get some paper, something to write with, sit back and relax with your favorite beverage, and just really enjoy the information that's going to be disseminated upon you here on this show. If you're driving, even better. You can just listen, and you know you can always go back to the site and download the show and re-listen to it again. Sometimes it takes more than one time for us to listen and really absorb the nuggets of gold that are shared um, with with, um, the listeners on the show from our guests. So with that being said, let's just jump in now. Um, when it comes to communication, what I, I, I want you to share with the listeners, because we all think we know what communication is, but I don't think we necessarily under understand the true concept of what communication is and how it can differ in many facets. What is interpersonal communication, and how does it differ from just communication? So let me start by saying what communication is. Communication, that's defined by the entire no exchange of information or news. So just one person gets like watching the news or listening to a radio show. But interpersonal communication, that's an exchange. It's an exchange of information between two or more people. And it includes both verbal and nonverbal interaction. So... That's yeah, so it's a back and forth. Okay, so inter- interpersonal communication is dialogue, basically. It's, it's yes. communication between individuals, and communication is basically, I want to say, what the media pr- communicates to us in various facets. Exactly. So communication is just what we get, but interpersonal is where there's a receiving and giving of information. Okay, so now with regards to interpersonal interpersonal communication, what is what is the definition or what is the true essence of effective interpersonal communication? Well, effective interpersonal communication, it really depends on a variety of skills. And those skills include listening, asserting, influencing, persuading, empathizing, being sensitive, having some diplomacy, and everyone who's involved in that communication should have their needs met in some way. Now, it may not always feel good because sometimes the information you're receiving may not, not be exactly what you want to hear, but it should be received. You should be able to understand what that person is saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. So, um Give um let's see. Give us an example of um probably easy for some people, this might be easier for people to understand, but give us an example of a scenario where there was not effective okay. interpersonal personal communication. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 
So you spoke earlier about when you were a young manager, and that's the type of person I work with most. But you're a young manager who now has a group or a team that you're leading, and you need to get your team to reach a certain goal. So poor interpersonal communication would be you just saying to your team, we need to sell X amount of widgets, or we need to do a certain task by Friday without giving them any kind of getting any feedback from them because there might be a reason why they can't get that task done by Friday without asking for that feedback, without, you know, just say, this is what we need to do and I need it done. That's poor interpersonal communication. That's just communicating. That's just telling someone what you want. But interpersonal communication would be more like, okay, our goal is by Friday that we have this event set up and ready to go. We need to make sure that by Friday we can be at a certain place at a certain time. Is that possible? And then the person coming back to you and saying, well, Friday is a bad day for us to leave the building to go do that event because on Fridays our that's when we do our other another task. And then you have a communication and then you need to, okay, so we can't get it done Friday by 3 o'clock. How about if we go for 4 o'clock on Friday? Or how about if we get it done by Friday morning? And you're having an exchange of a conversation. That's effective interpersonal communication. So what happens is I'm speaking, I'm listening, and we're having an exchange and we come to a, a conclusion that is agreeable to everyone. Okay, so it seems like um, effective interpersonal communication is not talking at someone, but talking to someone and giving them clear specifics within the dialogue of the conversation that allows that person to be able to completely understand what's being said so that when they reply back, um, they can reply back effectively themselves. Yes, and it's not just talking to someone, it's talking with someone. So I mm. talk, we have to listen. Um, it's important because we've got to understand and connect with the people around us. It's important to be able to hear what the problem is and really listen. A lot of times what happens is um, someone will start formulating their answer while the per other person is speaking. So you're not really mm -hmm. always getting the essence of what the issue is. You've already decided after you've heard the first few words what the question is or what the statement is that that person is saying, and you've started to uh, form your answer instead of sitting, listening. And even there's other things like watching the body language, hearing the, the tone of the voice to truly understand what that person is saying before you give your reply. And that's what makes it effective. Okay, I got it. I think I got it. So I know, like, when we first started talking about this, you gave, you listed some steps with regards to um, these being okay. part of, yeah, mm -hmm. can you just mention those again for the listeners? Now, listeners, this is probably something you might want to take some notes about, particularly if you're an entrepreneur or a manager or a senior executive or whatever. You know, we can all use a little bit more um, training with when it comes to interpersonal communication. Um, so uh, just listen so for this negative goal. The first yes. one I mentioned was listening. And as I said, <laughs> listening to truly understand what that person is saying. Um, 
you really want to hear what that person is saying. You want to let them know that you understand what they're saying. So some of those nonverbal skills are really important, like nodding of your head. If you don't quite understand, asking for the statement to be repeated, maybe asking a question so that they can elaborate. Asserting. Being assertive, being um, when an issue is, is brought to you, coming up with a solution, not necessarily just sitting there and having that person have to do all the talking. Mm -hmm. uh, influencing. If you have been in a situation before, maybe you can bring into the conversation, oh, I experienced that before. The reason why we cannot get this done by Friday is because on Friday we have another task that needs to be done with a hard deadline of 12 o'clock noon. So that's also one. Persuading. If you know that if you have an idea and you believe that your idea is a positive one or one that can help, talking about your idea from your point of view. Obviously, it's a conversation, so your idea may not work in this situation, but at least just having the ability to express it and also being in a position to listen because sometimes we go in with our minds already made up and we don't want to hear what that other person has to say, but we really have to be open to listening to what other people have to say. Empathizing. We have to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person in the conversation. Sometimes think about what else could be going on in their life, why they're saying the things that they're saying. And these things that I'm talking about, you know, I might come of it from the business end, but this also works well in your personal life too. Um, diplomacy, sometimes it's the way you say things, not necessarily what you say. So be very careful with some of the things or the way that you say certain things. You can say, um, I'll use this for instance, and again, I'm going to go back to the business side of it. Someone who uh -huh. to work, not dressed exactly the way that's appropriate for work, um, but saying to her, you look like you're going to a club, is not a diplomatic <laughs> way to say it. You can say something a little bit more like, you know, when, you're, when we're working with patients, it's sometimes better to be dressed a certain way, maybe not having your tattoos showing or, and just saying it a little bit more diplomatic. Right, right. Wow. Um, so I, I like those. I mean, because it really does, as you were explaining each, each aspect, I could actually visualize a scenario or visualize myself or visualize other people that I've seen in each of those um, aspects with regards to communicating. I mean, it's something I could visualize. I could visualize a listening part. And you're right. A lot of times people, when they communicate, they're, they're, they're so busy formulating what they're going to respond, that what their response is going to be, that they sometimes don't always hear the complete structure of what the person is saying. They saying miss to the mark. They yeah. sometimes miss the mark. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. And that's why, yeah. I, you know, allow people, and I I have a problem with that. I, I've trained myself to do better, but I used to find, especially when I was a young manager, I wanted people to hurry up. I had places to go and things to do. So I would finish <laughs> their sentence for them. You, you know what I mean? It's like, hurry up, get, get, get to the point, get to the point. I don't want to hear all of, you know. Exactly. You know, just get so, to the point, like you said, right? I got, like, people to call, places to go, things to be, you know, I got other people to talk to. Get to the point, you know. Exactly. But, 
in the midst of that, you're not actually listening to what the person is saying. Exactly. You've already cut them off. And also, in that in that scenario, as the speaker, you have to be aware of that, too. When you're speaking to someone, you want to be aware of, are they tuning me out? Am I going off on a tangent? You know, to be an effective speaker, an effective communicator, we have to make sure that the message we're trying to get across is the correct one. You don't want to put in too many flowery words. You know, so this is something that I find people do sometimes. In an mm-hmm. effort to seem like they're so important, like they're so brilliant, they'll throw in big words and they'll put in all this flowery language. And a lot of times that will just turn people off. So you right. have to be careful. You know, so I say for when you're communicating, I say to be a good communicator, not only do you need to listen, but you need to focus and understand on what people are telling you. Okay, so so let let's go back just a second, yes. just a bit. So mm-hmm. okay. Um with regards to um, effective communication, where does effective communication actually start? Does it start when the person begins speaking? Does it start when you when you first begin to listen? Is it prior to that? When does it actually start? Well, I believe that effective communication starts when we speak to ourselves. That's mm. instead of interrupting communication, that's intrapersonal communication. It's what we're saying to ourselves. Because I, I actually devote a, a chapter in my book to that. Because self-talk is really important. It's important to recognize the internal message that we're giving ourselves. So, so many times we talk badly and we beat ourselves up, and we don't even realize it. And when we're beating right. ourselves up, then the message that we're giving out to others is not always the message we want to give. Ultimately, it affects the way that we interact with others. So effective communication starts with what we're saying to ourselves. If you wake up in the morning and you're saying to yourself, oh, it's going to be a bad day. Oh, I'm bad. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. When you start speaking with people, it's going to be a bad day. You come to someone and you say, we need to get this done by 3 o'clock. We need to get done by 3 o'clock. I know you're not going to get done. And, you know, we... Pass that on to others. But if we start talking to ourselves in a positive manner, this will be a good uh-huh. day. The people that I interact with today will share the same space that I share, will be positive. You'll start seeing the positive in things that people say. If they're sometimes they're not being quite as positive as you would like them to be, what you focus in on is the positive thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I like that um, because, you know, when you, as soon as you said that, it's kind of funny. I thought, you know, a lot of times before, and, and not so much now, well, but I still catch myself doing it now that you said that, is um, the self-talk. Yes. You know, we self-talk to ourselves, and we don't even know we're self-talking. Exactly. That, yeah. You know, like how you said, you wake up. You and I, and I think it's because that it's not something we say necessarily out loud. It's in our head. So if it's like if it's not verbalized out loud, it doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes the most damaging 
that communication is what's not verbalized that stays in our head. And so how you said, like, oh, you wake up and you get up and you look in the mirror and you're like, and you don't say it, but your mind, you're thinking, oh, dang, I look fat today, or dang, my stomach is bloated, or my behind is big, or whatever, you know, or, you know, you get ready to go into a meeting and you're like, I really don't know this material, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tank. It's gonna I'm gonna I know I just know I'm gonna tank. And then you yeah. go in there, you know, and then or you know, just uh like you said also, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, you stub your toe and you're like, Oh, give me your head. Okay, this is how if this is how my day is gonna be, it's gonna be a bad day. Right? And then things precipitate to happen. And so it's kinda like we kinda have this negative stuff self-talk or this non-effective interpersonal communication. Non-effective. That's a great way to put it, Rochelle. It's non-effective. And what it does is it sets you up to see the negative in the world. And what we have to learn to do and what people should do to bring that positive energy to themselves is to put out positive energy. Oh, I, I mean, that you guys out there listening, that was a huge negative goal because I want you all to think, if you're hearing our voices, think about the times you self-talk to yourself. And as a matter of fact, you might catch yourself right now saying, what the heck, or what are they talking about, or, I, you know, they're crazy, or I'm crazy, or whatever. You, right this moment, right right now, you are saying something to yourself, and it may not always, it may not necessarily be positive. So remember that effective interpersonal communication actually starts within us before we even begin to engage in conversation with others. So, I mean, this is great. This is this is really great because it just gives some key reminders about even before we step into a conversation to check ourselves first, and I love that. So now – as we move into, okay, we're getting our self-talk together, you know, like me, I'm going to kill it. I'm, I'm like today, I'm going to kill it today. I'm going to be on my game plan and I'm going to kill it. Not articulating that out loud, but in my head when I woke up, it's like I'm going to be on it today, doggone it. I'm going to kill it, right? Mm-hmm. So now that we've got the good self-talk going on within us, what does it take to be a good communicator? To be a good communicator, firstly, you've got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Girl, right? Yeah, because we all have heard those people that are trying to communicate and don't know what the heck they're talking exactly. about. Exactly. You've got to know what you're talking about. And correctly representing the facts is really important. You want to make sure that you're letting people know I, actually, I, I'm kind of wording that wrong. I'm sorry. But you want to make sure that you you follow a couple of um, traits that are good indicators for a great communicator. I have five of them that I, I mentioned in my book. And good communicators, they listen more than they speak. Mm. They won't dominate the discussion or the presentation, and they'll usually ask questions, which gives other people the opportunity to express their knowledge and their opinion. Second thing that good communicators do is they focus on and understand what people are saying. Remember, we talked about listening again. They really listen to understand. They don't spend the time trying to prepare to answer the questions mm. that they've just heard. They really focus in and listen intently to understand what the person is communicating. 
They'll ask the question to clarify things and make every effort to make sure that everyone listening, everyone in the room understands what's going on. Good communicators are aware of nonverbal communication cues. If you're a good communicator, you're not only going to listen with the ears, but you're also going to listen with your eyes. Mm. Remember what I said about watching other people's body language to make sure that right. they're still in tune? A good communicator is going to watch other people's body language, watch their facial expressions, listen to the tone of voice of the person who's speaking with them to make sure that they're still engaged. You've got to respect mm. each other's time. If you're a good communicator, you're not going to ramble on and on and on and, and not be cognizant of the other person's time. You want to make sure that you're respectful of their time. You're not going to use too many big words like I just said before. You want to make sure that the, the message is clear and concise and coming across. But I, you know, I'll tell you that I think the most important thing about being a good communicator is focusing on how your message is impacting the other person. Mm. In other words, you know, if you're selling something to someone, you're going to let them know the benefits of that service or goods. So really, you know, um, uh, Simon Sinek said, people don't buy what you what you're selling, they buy who you are or something along those lines. That right. People want to hear your story. So people want to have a connection with you when they're talking. If they have a connection with you, then they're going to believe what you're talking about. Very true. And I know we've all seen that where you've been somewhere at maybe a conference or I don't know. You could be at the you know grocery store and the person you could be at Costco and the person yes. doing the cooking demonstration and you you know they got you going and of course the samples always help but you know they got you going really believing and you could take this product home and do the same thing mm-hmm. and it's gonna be just as good right it's you know that buy-in so you're it's, 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 right exactly it's, you know, communicated the benefit of whatever product they're selling. Um, and I, and I like that, or, you know, the person you're at a conference, I know I've been at lots of conferences where I've been, you know, at conferences where I just really connected with a person on stage, but like their message was, you know, they could have been talking about widgets for all I care, but the message was um, something that I can understand. I, you I know, they, 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 right. They gave their personal story or gave a, a story about whatever it is they're talking about. It was something I could relate to. So that made it even more real for me. So I totally get, um, I love that. I love those nuggets to go with regards to being a good communicator because I think a lot of times, you know, in school, which is a, really a disnomer that we hear, do hear, and I'm not sure about around the world, but in America, we really don't prepare our children to go out into the world and really, truly be successful. And when I, when I say that, I mean, in the context of, yeah, we educate them, English, math, sciences, all that kind of stuff. But some of the key things that a person needs to be successful in the world, we don't emphasize, we don't teach. It's not part of any curriculum. And one of those things is, is really how to effectively communicate. I mean, generally, I can remember, I learned my communication skills from just watching my parents and adults around me. And it wasn't always necessarily the right communication skills that I should have learned, right? right? Obviously, when I grew up and started my company and took my communicative processes into my entrepreneurial world, 
I relied on what I learned or what I saw as a child, again, not necessarily correct, but it was what I knew because no one ever taught me, no one engaged out of all my college education and all of that, no one ever taught me how to effectively communicate without talking down or at someone. So you gave us some real nuggets of gold here that anybody can use, and I don't care where they're at in their life, whether they're just starting out in their career choice or they've been in their career for, for a long time or they're the CEO of the top Fortune X number company. It doesn't matter. You can always learn something to incorporate into how we communicate to effectively get your message across. You know, there was, um, and I hate to do a comparison, I really do, but there is a comparison, and I'm just going to put it out there, with regards to communication styles. When you look at uh, President Barack Obama, who was a very, I think, effective communicator, um, you know, very engaging, engaged you into his message. He could have been talking about widgets, but you got engaged into his message. He was able to really make it like you could just sit down on the couch with him, have a cup of tea, and, you know, talk some good old times, right? That's how, you know, you could relate to him. You could, you feel this vibe. It was always, you know, he wasn't talking at you or down to you. He was talking effectively with you, the interpersonal communication, what you're talking about. Then, on the other hand, we have our current president, who is, I don't think, an effective communicator at all. I think he talks to people. He talks down to people. And, yeah, there are some people that can relate to the stories that he shares, but the majority of people cannot relate to the story. So immediately when he begins to speak, those that can't relate really turn a dead ear. Yeah, because he Uh, – you know – you could talk. You could be a. You could be saying something bad, right? But if you have the right context and all the framework that you just said, that's something bad. Still can engage people. Still can uh, get people to relate. Versus if you don't have the right communication skills, which we see between the two comparisons I'm just making, mm-hmm. you really turn people off. You get people um, at a. Uh, you know, opposite of you, they're really at a real fight or flight type of thing. And um, you really, really, really um, get, you know, you really turn off the individual or the the, the uh, majority of the audience. So, you know, I didn't really want to go there, make that comparison, but well, that just popped in my head of effective communicator or non-effective. Or if you don't want to use Barack Obama, we can use Bill Clinton, another very effective effective communicator, very engaging, very people could relate to him, you know, no matter what. I'm going to tell you why I think that they were so effective and uh, your other example is not, because if you go into a conversation with the purpose of helping others, if your agenda is not solely about you, if your agenda when you walk into any conversation is about service to others, you're going to find that those people are much more effective. Mm. Think about anyone that you speak to. When you speak to people, if you listen, you say, think that person is turning me off or you, I'm not listening to that person, quite often it's because the conversation is centered around me, my, I. Right. Conversations that engage us in more are conversations that are more centered about we, us, you. 
Oh, wow. I want you to look at that the next time you speak to someone and you think, oh, I, you know, what this person is talking about. Because I tend to find that people who are more engaging are ones who, who's, their conversation is about service. Their, their, their intention is to serve and, and not themselves. Right. And just to touch a little bit about what you were talking about before, about being taught about communication, I think... 30 or 40 years ago, before we were so into electronic communication, the emphasis was more on how do we sound and come across. You have to remember, before the computers became so prolific, I can't explain the word, but before computers became, um, you know, so prominent in our lives, and things like text messaging where we shortened our sentences and things like that, we were much more concerned about how we sounded, if our words were structured right, if our ideas and were, come, were coming across correctly. Now, because of this electronic world that we live in where things are, you know, you've got to say things in 30 characters or less and things like that, 130 characters or less, people tend to not see and read into the body language part of it. And that's where the challenge comes in in the professional world for managers at, who are now managing our younger generation X and, and, and the millennials and, and stuff like that because their interpersonal skills are very different to those of older, more mature people. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. And I think you're absolutely right with regards to, you know, the way people communicated 30, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, was around then, um, and the way communication is now. It is quite different. And I think with with the age of all our technology, um, again, I, I really – feel sorry for the younger generation because their communication is strictly on their phone texting or, you know, they don't have the outlet for interpersonal communication like we did when we were younger, where we're out and out. So there's a lot of different, and you do find a lot of millennials um, or just younger generation people can't communicate effectively, but then there are some that can communicate very effectively. So it's like, hmm. Well, and and it's, it works in some areas, and in some areas it doesn't. It works very well electronically, like I said. It works very well in, in our fast-paced part of our society. But um, healthcare is where I came from, and I really noticed it in healthcare, where even the way we document now in healthcare is computer-based. Years ago, when I first started in healthcare, we used to um, handwrite things, and you would there would be room for your objective opinion. Now we don't have room for that. It's checkboxes. It's very quick. So healthcare is an individual thing. When you're talking about someone's the way that they're feeling, um, the way that, you know, a person can look a certain way, you know, are they pale, are they clammy? We understand that. But if someone says, I don't feel well, but everything else indicates that they're well, how do you document that if all you're doing is checking boxes? And I think especially when we talk about people's well-being and mental health, I'm not a mental health uh, professional, so, but I just think that we're not 
digging deep enough and understanding enough what people are feeling and thinking, we kind of gloss over it because we're doing it in 130 characters or less and we're not getting to the bottom of why people are thinking and doing certain things. That's why I think it's really important for us to be able to read the read the signs and the, the cues, whether it be talking to someone or, you know, when you're standing in front of them and looking at them, to be able to right. say, you know, they're saying this, but that's not what's coming across here, and then be able to know what questions to ask to kind of dig that out. Wow. This has been really... <clears throat> really um, enlightening for me. I mean, I mean, I'm mean, i just learning so much already, and you should see I've got notes to the hilt, but um, it's just, I think it's, it's very important for not only me, but for all of us to be able to effectively communicate, and it really does, I think, begin, you know, with the process of interpersonal communication. Now, here's something, because... I know sometimes I have a really hard time with this one myself, but um, what makes a person an effective or ineffective listener? Now, I know you you already mentioned a couple of points, but can you just dive a little bit more into this? Because I think this is really, really important, and I think it's a real important point that we need to hone in with our listeners. Yes. So to be an effective listener, a couple of things you should do. Um, if you're in the room with the person, if you're face-to-face with that person, you want to really make sure that you have some eye contact. Now, that doesn't mean staring that person down in the, in the eyes, but maintain good eye contact. Give them your undivided attention. You know, get off the phone. Uh, uh, darken your computer screen. Really sit and look at that person and listen to what they're saying. Turn out the distractions. I, I know it's hard if you're a mother with small kids and your kids are running around and you're talking to your girlfriend. Sometimes you just want to turn those distractions down. Right. Um, also, try not to be distracted by your own thoughts. A lot of times, some people will bring their own biases into things. And you've got to try and cut those, you know, kind of push them out the way a little bit to really be effectively listening to what that person is trying to say to you. Because quite often, the words are only a part of it. You want to look at their body language and see if what they're saying and how they're holding themselves align with each other. Listen to the tone of voice. And that can even work when you're talking to someone on the phone. I, it's, I'll tell you a very funny story. Years ago, I was, um, one of the first things I had to do when I was interviewing students to enter a program that I was running, an X-ray program, was a phone interview. And mm-hmm. someone called up, and they were very... You know, I answered the phone, hello, and they wanted an application to the organization. But they mm-hmm. were eating. They were very obviously eating while they were talking oh. to me on the phone. And I thought to myself, you think that I'm going to send you an application to my program while you're eating on the phone? You know, my thing is, I understand you put something in your mouth and someone picks up the phone, you say, excuse me, put your hand over the phone, you spit it out, and then you start talking, right? But this person, right. So it's things like that. People can hear a smile in your voice or frustration. How many times have you called up, you know, a call center and that person is obviously, from, you know, <sighs> yes, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> so being able to listen and hear what's going on with that that person is saying is really important. 
If you're ineffective, ineffective means just that you're not listening to those cues. You're not, you're not, um, your mind is racing off other places. You're going ahead of what that speaker's saying and maybe even finishing their sentences. You know, mm. letting your own train of thought, thought come in. You're not listening to the words. And, and I say, if you want to be an effective listener, picture, try and picture what that person is trying to tell you. You know, mm. don't plan on what they're going to, you know, answering their question. Just listen to what they're saying. Being effective also means giving feedback. And I'm not sure if I just said that, but giving good feedback, not in your head. Saying, uh-huh, mm-hmm, you know, things like that. Facial expression. Right, right. Um, ineffective, you know, you're rolling your eyes. You're standing away, but, you know, closes off that person. If you're an ineffective listener, you know, with your hands, your arms folded across your chest, mm. chewing your gum, you're rolling your eyes, those type of things will tell the listener, I'm not listening to you, and I'm not interested in what you've got to say. Wow. You know, um, and I know we all have had situations where we've experienced some of the stuff that you just said with regard to ineffective um, communication and effective communication. It's like when someone is effectively listening to you or you're communicating, you do have that. It's like a... um, it's almost like um, I can't think of the word. What, I don't know what's going on with my brain today, but it's it's almost like a acknowledgement. You know, they're yes. listening to you. They're engaged. They're leaning it's forward. Right. They, they, you seem like they're interested, and and it's funny because I know we've all had this. Particularly, you can do you you can experience this one with ineffective communication. Particularly if you have a spouse or a significant other, and they really don't want to hear what you got to say. Mm-hmm. It's um you know you'll be talking to them all of a sudden they're looking out the window they're looking in their wallet they've been pulled out their phone their arms are folded like will you hurry up you know you just you get this whole stuff. the look on their face is not look of enthusiasm and yeah baby what you trying to say is like mm-hmm, hurry up you know yeah. and and you know right they're trying to hurry you up and so it's just kind of funny when you think about that I, I just bring up the significant other because that's just you know pops in the top and right in front of my mind but you know we've all experienced those situations people with their arms folded or like how you said they answer the phone mm-hmm, what yeah uh-huh yeah i know i've been guilty of that if i'm busy it's like sometimes it's like i have to check myself and be like okay you know this person is calling me apparently there's something they need or want from me exactly um, you know Right. So it's it's just kind of funny, you know, except for telemarketers. Girl, I could be rude to them all day long because, first of all, I didn't give you my number to call. Yeah. And second of all, you always call me when I don't have time to talk or I'm really busy. But, again, there's no need to be rude to anybody. Rude. You can just say, hey, you know, I'm sorry you caught me at a bad time, blah, 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 blah. But um, it's just funny. As you were talking, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I could totally see all of this. Now, I know, dang, you know what, this is so good, and we're getting on on time, but I really, really want you to talk about, because there's two things I want you to, if if you can, if you would grace us, please. One is the ad old adage that it's not what you say, it's how you say it, okay? Um, Can you just elaborate a little bit on that for people with regards to effective interpersonal communication? So 
I titled my book, It's Not Just What You Say. Well, I, the next part of it was keeps to improving interpersonal communication, but you're right. It's how you say it is so important because nonverbal communication is really the key. How you are standing, sitting, what your body language says to that person that you're speaking to or the person that you're listening to is really, really important. And body language is such an unspoken element of communication. And we can really show people our true feelings through our body language. Our, our, we could be saying certain things, but the tone that we say it in or the way that we our facial expressions or our body language, our posture, can be saying something totally different. And when you're talking one-on-one, -on -one, your body language is different than when you're talking to a small group or even, you know, when you do your public speaking to a large crowd, your body language has to be different there too. So that is, body language is the key on it's not just what you say. So I tell people to make sure they have, that you're relaxed. You don't want to be so tense and uptight that people see, not even nervousness, but unsurety is sometimes what comes across. And just not feeling confident in yourself. But you don't want to be too slouchy. You don't want to be, you know, hanging all over the chair. When you meet someone, it's really important to give them a firm handshake and maintain that good eye contact like we just said. And you want to have a relaxed and opal facial expression. You want to be inviting with your, your face. A smile is always better than a scowl. You don't want to have um, negative body language because negative body language can negate anything you might be saying. You may be saying positive things, but you've got a scowl on your face, like it's not something bad, or, <laughs> you know, you're sitting... I'll tell you another funny story. I had um, met with a CEO. So I lived up north for many years. And mm -hmm. coming from England, then living in New York, you know, we always leaned into a conversation. You sit very upright. You kind of lean into a conversation. You look at people intently. And when I first moved uh, to the south, to Florida, I was in a very small town, and the CEO of the, one of the hospitals that I worked with, um, he tended to sit back in his chair, very relaxed, more like I would do at home, say. And that was his demeanor. And he, I got some feedback that he felt that I was imposing when I sat up on the table with my arms. I had my hands on the table. You know how you put your hands in front of you on the table? Yes. Uh -huh. He felt that I was imposing his face. So I, what I learned to do there was when I spoke with him, I mirrored him. Now, I didn't slouch back as far as he sat in his chair, but I always made a point of when I was in a meeting with him to sit back in my chair more and more relaxed with him than I would mm -hmm. normally have done in that situation. So it's things like that that really will emphasize, you know, when you say it's not just what you say, that's what I mean about managing your body language, knowing your situation. Hmm. You know, that.
I'm, I had to take a minute to pause and think exactly. I'm, I'm visualizing what you're saying. In some other um, aspect of my life, I learned that kind of stuff with regards to um, mirroring, mirroring body language. I think it was in, a, in an NLP class where you yes. mirror the body language, you mirror the person's language. If a person is talking, you know, I'm going to say very eloquent and um, exquisite, you want to kind of mirror that. You don't want to mm-hmm. come in talking. They're talking eloquent and exquisite, and you're talking slang, right, yes. or vice versa. They're talking slang, and you're talking all eloquent and exquisite. Right away, that kind of puts up a little, hmm. And then with regards to, yeah, and with regards to, like you said, when you have you sit in a meeting with this person, you're used to leaning into the conversation, you know, sitting upright, having your hands maybe folded across on the table. And to him, you know, he was more relaxed, leaned back. So basically you're leaning in, and as he's leaning in, as you're leaning in, he's leaning further back. Yes. Right? So it's almost like he's pulling away from you because, like you said, you felt you were invading his space. Totally mm-hmm. get that. Um, totally makes a, a lot of sense with regards to how we communicate. Now, I got just this time for one more question with regards to this, and I'm, I'm just really loving this because it's just bringing up some things that I learned um, things I learned, things I didn't know, but some of the stuff I just forgot. You just forget because you just kind of get set in your in your oh, way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know we did, you know, um, the body language, for, but for someone out there that, um, you know, is, is not real sure about um, the components of effective communication with regards to, you know, being an effective listener, being a good communicator, you know, um, body language. You kind of did a little bit with regards to talking about when you're mirroring um, the person you were having the meetings with, but can you go into it just a little bit more with regards to, you know, um, body language that fits perfectly into the communication style or the communicative message that you want people to receive? I'm not sure if I understand exactly what you're asking me, but like I said before, I think that body language is important because it's an unspoken element in communication. And Mm -hmm. we use it to reveal our true feelings and emotions, like I said, the gestures and the facial expressions and things like that. So that's why body language is important. Also, you know, how you're standing, your posture needs to be open, needs to be relaxed. You know, you don't want to be appear too tense. Tenseness usually uh, brings across nervousness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you meet someone, you want to make sure that you're using a firm handshake, you're doing good eye contact. Right. You want to make sure that your facial expressions and stuff are relaxed. Um you know, you don't want to go in with open, um, with folded arms, and you don't want to be tense or anything like that. Uh, I hope that that's okay. the question no, you so, have. Okay, that's, yeah, that's perfect. So now I'm going to take it a step for, for, further. For those that, um, I guess, are doing presentations, say they're business owner, entrepreneur, manager, senior manager, whatever, and they're doing presentations, We've all seen people that give presentations where their body language is effective with regards to their presentation, and we've seen where someone is communicating, but their body language is totally opposite. So you know what I'm saying? Yes, now I understand. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so when you're talking to a large person, when you're talking to an individual, obviously you're focused on that one person. 
you're making sure you have eye contact with that person, you're warm and welcoming with the body language. If you're talking to a larger group, you want to make sure that every single person in that audience is connected to you. So that means making eye contact with people. Now, I don't mean staring them down, but making sure that you touch on each area of the room, making sure that your body movements are not too jerky or too much body movement. Like you don't want to be pacing up and down the stage. That can be unnerving. You want to maybe, you know, stand in one position, get a point across, stick to a certain section of the room, then, you know, after making one statement, move into another section of the room. You want to make sure that you're projecting your voice so that the people in the back of the room can understand. If you're asking questions, if you're, you know, getting questions from the audience, don't just stick to the front of the room. Look at the back. Look all around. And look at the body language of the people around. Because you may have the people at the front engaged and the people at the back may not be able to hear you or understand you so that you can see that their body language is, is kind of being turned off. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you it really want to convert them. When you're talking to a large group, you want to engage the whole group. And something that I learned when I first started doing public speaking, make sure you don't have jangly jewelry or things mm. like that for women because that can be a um, distraction. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You want to really just make sure that you're engaging everybody. Take questions from the back. You know, bring people in. Instruct them when they walk in the room. If they sit to the front, I want you to come up to the front. You know, things like that. Right. Wow. I well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, this has been a great, great session. Go ahead, Marcia, finish. I, I, I just wanted to say that I, I, I talk about the three C's of communication, and I think that this yes, is the most yes, important yes. thing. When communicating, you want to be consistent. That's my first C. Because there's nothing more frustrating than when someone says one thing one day and then something else the next day. And there's no real reason why they're changing their opinion on something. You want to have consistency in your message. And that's whether it's in your personal life or your professional life. It's also good for you, too, to be consistent what you're saying to yourself. So those positive mantras that you can say to yourself every day, like, I'm successful and I'm in control of my life. Or, you know, I'm disciplined. Or, I believe in me. Just keep those consistent. You also want to be clear. When you want to be heard, you want to make sure the message that you're sending is clear and understandable. You want to be straightforward. I mean, obviously, sometimes you need to put in some technical words and things like that, but don't make it too complicated. Don't try and impress yourself. Don't try and impress people with the big words. Just make sure that you're getting your point across by being clear. And I think the most important important thing when you're having a conversation with someone is to be courteous. Like I said before, I think that the most effective communicators are those who are communicating in service to others. You want to respect others because when people feel respected, they're going to be open and they're going to listen to your message. Wow. Wow, that's perfect. Perfect way to end our segment with Marcia Carter. Um, 
um, how we can effectively communicate. Remember, it's not just what you say, but it's what she shared with us and all the nuggets of gold she shared with us this last hour. Now, Marcia, I, before we go, I want you to let everyone know how they can get in contact with you, if you've got anything good going on, if you're appearing or speaking anywhere. Um, please share that information now with the listeners. So my company is called Carter Connection, and I am based in Florida, but I do travel all over the country to speak. Um, you can find me at my website, which is www.carterconnection.org. It's all one word. Or I'm on Facebook at Carter Connection LLC. And I do have an event coming up on the 26th of August, which is a Sunday. I will be hosting a tea at, in Central Florida, in Claremont, at Erica's Tea House. And if you're interested in that, please go to my website, which is carterconnection.org, and go to the Women Helping Empower Women tab, and you'll get instructions there on how to purchase tickets for that. It's going to be a great event with women getting together. We're going to have a tea party and just empowering and lifting each other up. What I like about that group that we started here in Central Florida is it's a space where people feel safe. It's a place where we can come and share ideas and just improve and encourage each other and lift each other up by improving and helping each other with communication. Um, I do do public speaking, but my main focus is going into organizations and helping the frontline managers with uh, leadership building and team building. I love working with those frontline managers, first-time managers who have gotten a new team together or who have a team that they just need to take to the next level and helping them with their communication, helping them with um, how to uh, manage people, helping them with conflict resolution, things like that. Hello. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you so much. I'm not sure what happened there. We must have, uh, we must have some high energetic connection going on. Yeah. Um, there you guys have it. All the places you can connect with Marcia, you know, go to carterconnection.org. Um, you can look her up on Facebook. Facebook. And and just reach out to her if you are a company or an entrepreneur or someone that just wants to, you know, connect with regards to effective interpersonal communication or effective communication, period, then I suggest you just reach out to her and connect with her. And if you are in Central Florida and around where she's having her event, then, you know, hey, you might want to step in and check it out. I'd love tea. And, you know, as we can tell that Miss Marcia is – She's not from the United States. I so know I love my tea. <laughs> and I love your tea, too. And I love my tea, too. Um, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. So thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation. Um, it was very enlightening and very informative for me. And there's some things that I definitely will begin again, incorporating into how I communicate, um, not with just myself, but with others. And, and um, I just love all, everything you share. So with that being said, I want to thank you listeners for taking time out of your day to spend with us to help 
get your mindset right with regards to how you communicate with yourself, others, those that you need to effectively communicate with. Um, it's perfect for what we do here on Blissful Living. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You, formerly known as the Health Healing and Wellness Company, and to All Day Cable Incorporated for being our sponsors and allowing us to be able to be bring you to be able to, I'm sorry, I'm so tongue-tied, to be able to bring this show to you on iHeartRadio and webtalkradio.com. So with that being said, thanks again. As always, I like to leave with a message of wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, tranquility to your spirit. Until next time, this is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lossing, saying goodbye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.